It's, it's funny because he says he would have he would have jumped in front of the gunman. But let us not forget the bones first. You see, they kept him out of Nam. Because he, I mean, he is a brave man. He's the bravest man. The bravest man. The bravest but, man. Oh, he just oh oh, oh wow. Fuck that guy. Can, um, you, can you believe he's been around for over a year officially now? As, as the president of the free world. I was going to say, I was waiting for you to finish that sentence because I wasn't sure where that was going. Ooh. <laughs> Meats. Speaking of, hi. <coughs> Pardon me, that was a nasty cough. Hi, Christopher. Do you see what you're doing to him, boys and girls? You're, you're killing him. You're literally making me ill. You're killing him. I am Dr. Shiny McNichols. And I am Professor Erasmus Fartypants. And I'm here to perform an operation on Erasmus, if I, <laughs> if I might call you Erasmus. Uh, you must call me Ear. Everyone calls me Eeyore. Sure. I'll call you Eeyore. No, Ear. <laughs> right, Everyone ear. calls me Ear for sure. Okay. <laughs> if Eeyore's a donkey, is Ear just a pack mule? It's just a tail. Ooh, oh, oh! Cinematic Universe. One movie's about Eeyore, the other movie's about his tail. Together. Um, speaking of Cinematic Universes, that's the main topic this week, as you may yes. notice by the thumbnail and the name. Uh, we're going to be talking about the best MCU villains. We'll get into that very shortly. The thumbnail. The name nail? The thumbnail. But first, speaking of things that make sense. Um, <laughs> Batgirl, the movie is delayed from a date we didn't know it had anyway. Possibly cancelled. Possibly cancelled. It seems like um, Warner Brothers are a bit hesitant to move forward with it now because... They don't know what they're doing. Oh, wait, no, that's not why they're not moving forward. It's because the the attached writer and director is no longer attached. Yeah, Joss Whedon has basically walked away from the project. Um... He... The serial adulterer, uh, the writer director, yeah, and and, and, uh, and serial adulterer, and former uh, feminist icon uh, Joss Whedon, <laughs> um, who once again, once again, yes. love Buffy, love yes. Firefly, love Serenity, love Angel, yes, love his astonishing X Men. Um, Any jokes we're making are at the expense of the false feminist icon he was purporting to be. In a statement to the Hollywood Reporter, and the fact that, like Matt pointed out, before we recorded, since the news has come out, he actually looks more like a monster. Yeah, he looks, he, as you said, looks like Thanos now. Yeah. Um, but a tomato. Version. Do you think the beard is covering up the ridgy chin? I think so. <laughs> He's a tomato I Thanos. Think so. Thanos. <laughs> oh, why are you being so cruel about Joss Whedon? But Firefly was so good. When are we getting another series of Firefly? Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> was that that was all the brown coats but why do the why do the brown coats sound like do you know what it sounded like it sounded you remember the red letter media two-parter on jack and jill (laughs) you know when harry plinkett's twin sister shows up at the end (laughs) that's the voice you were doing that was really weird i'm being very cruel isn't that crazy I'm, I'm, i'm being very cruel about about people who are obsessed with firefly um, I love me some Firefly. I wouldn't say I'm obsessed. I bought one toy. That's all. Leave are you a brown alone. coat? Um, I guess. I guess I am. No, but are you a brown coat? Oh, oh you, you put brown oh. coat in your MySpace profile. Oh, are you doing the leaping up and down on the counter demanding Szechuan sauce kind of thing? Here? Yeah, yeah. Look no, good. not that far. Um, I've got a Zoe Washburn figure, and that's the extent of my show offiness. That, that's not because you're a Firefly fan. That's because you're a Gina Teres fan. She is. It's fucking spectacular. Um, <laughs> 
in every sense of the words. In a statement to the Hollywood Reporter, mm-hmm. um, Josh Whedon Because that's says, how this news gets out now. Josh Whedon says, and this is my best Josh Whedon voice, That girl is such an exciting project, and Warner's DC such collaborative and supportive partners that it took me months to realise I really didn't have a story. I'm grateful to Jeff and Toby. That's uh, one of those picture group president, Toby Emmerich and DC president, Jeff Johns. And everyone was so welcoming when I arrived and so understanding when I, um... Is there a sexier word for failed? No, no, Joss, there isn't. You failed. You screwed the pooch on this one. You took on a project and went, Batgirl, awesome. Oh, what can I tell you? There's several Batgirls, and there's a multitude of Batgirl stories. Oh, God, I don't know what to do. I, I, I literally don't know what to write. <laughs> do, you, do you not know what to write, Joss, or are you a bit tainted? Mm. What do you reckon? I reckon that... Well, I'm surprised he doesn't have a story in mind, simply because like he has written comic books, he's written mm. in those worlds, and he's written really good comic books as well. So it's like, he can definitely tap into that mindset. He wrote the Avengers and, and co-wrote um, Avengers Age of Ultron, originally yeah. wrote it, and then it sort of got hijacked a bit. And it would have been interesting to see what his full version was, but at the same time we got what we got, blah, blah, blah. Um, the guy can do this. Like, he can do it. If he doesn't have a Batgirl story, it's either because he's feeling the weight of the backlash to the reveals of his um, adultery. Ego doesn't feel comfortable telling the story of, ultimately, a big female icon of the DC brand. Yeah. Or, it's just the rush box job and yeah. DC are saying, right, so it's going to be in the Elseworlds series we're doing, so it's not part of the, the main DC. Oh, God. And he's just like, I don't know what you want from me. And this is the polite way of him saying, yeah, I just... Fuck you, you guys are confusing. You're muddying the waters. This is ridiculous. Goodbye. What do you want from me? Now, regardless of where Warner Brothers wants it to go, I love that Twitter's immediate, re- immediate response... They want it to people, go to the topmost of the poppermost. People putting together lists of predominantly female action directors. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, and female uh, drama directors as well. And, and people throwing their hats in the ring to write the... Fi- yeah. author, author Roxanne Gay has turned around and gone, I'll, I'll write it. Gail Simone. Oh, right. Gail Someone Simone said, like, Gail I've got an idea for a Batman, Batgirl story. Yeah. It's like, okay. And and I love the fact that Twitter immediately leapt into that of like, cool, well, you know how you finally got round to doing it right and getting Patty Jenkins to do Wonder Woman? How about yeah. you do that for Batgirl? Now, we are not saying that every female superhero movie has to be directed by a female director. We're also not saying every male superhero movie has to be directed by a male director. That's not what we're saying. What we are saying is, this is a character who is usually told, a story is usually told while she's quite young. She's going through a lot of different stuff in her life, or yep. has just come out the back of like sort of the teenage years and teenage angst. A writer, at least, never mind the director for a moment, a writer at least can get that story across better if they have lived through a bunch of. If stuff. you've got experience of your own to pull from, yeah, yeah. you can write a better story. Yeah, so there you go, outright, outright. I mean, obviously, Patty Jenkins never fucking grew up on an island moulded from clay, daughter of what? Zeus. Like she what? never did that. But again, like she. She brings, for lack of a less obvious phrase, the feminine touch to Wonder Woman in terms of its approach. To make yeah. sure that it is an action movie, but it is an action movie that very much centres around its lead female character. 
in a way that doesn't feel like, oh, we're just sexing her up. Yeah. And let's face it, like the industry and again, needs like, that's, more that's, female directors. That's not what people do generally yeah, as a rule, but it yeah. does tend to happen. And you're right, there needs to be more female directors, especially on projects this big. Yeah. Because it, yeah, yeah. the fact that there isn't just shows that there is a pre-existing like bias. There is a pre-existing... genre projects in general. Yeah. Think of Lexi Alexander to do it. She uh, she loves doing comic book mm. movies. No, no. Well, then again, if you gave a Batgirl, yeah, maybe. Because I think she does brutal violence really well, and I don't yeah. think that should be in the Batgirl. Yeah, movie. if this movie is the Killing Joke again, oh, I think we can all agree to go. Wow, you've got no imagination. That was probably the meetings Joss was having. They were just yeah. kept sitting him down. And they were going right. So, so we want you to do this, and he's like, "No, we do the killing joke." He's, no, because that's not a Batgirl story, is it? No, I want no. the killing joke. But we want you to do the killing joke, though. Why? Because it's a story of Batgirl in it. Because everyone else? knows that Barbara Gordon gets shot and is crippled, and that's the movie. And that's these, who she is. All these young kids want to go and see. No, that's who all. No. The, that's who all these young men and women want to see as their hero. Can we leave the killing joke? Like, like just leave it behind forever. They they, they they want to come out and they want to see her get crippled. That's what they want to see because they can understand the tragedy. No, 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 no. I now, mean, this is all poorly speculation. I, None of these conversations might admire, have been happening. I would, admire, I would admire the fuck out of them if they did an Oracle movie. You don't have to dwell on any of the stuff, but like that would also be like some kind of oh my god, this is actually sort of showing up like against tropes. If the movie was literally about Oracle, and it, like supporting cast was Batman and whatnot, and mm. it's basically about her completely fucking saving the day because she's Oracle motherfucker, or if she's a character in a Birds of Prey movie. Oh god, yes, that would be amazing actually. Um, all I know is is deep down in my heart, I want a Batgirl movie to be a thing. I don't want this. I don't want this. I don't want this. I want this to be something that resurfaces in like 10 years and they go, hey, guess what? Not like you remember this. that DCEU we did that we then folded because it was terrible? Um, we retconned. We're doing individual movies again now and they're all going to be different character pieces and this first one's about Batgirl. Enjoy. And freaking Lexi Alexander, Lexi Alexander is directing it and Gail Simone's written it. Boom. There you go. That'll Gail Simone writing a film. Loving it. Imagine going back in time about 10 Loving years. Loving it. In t- 10 years' time, saying to young self, um, hey, guess what? One day, you're going to find out that Joss Whedon is attached to make a Batgirl movie, and you're not going to want to see it. <laughs> can, can, you, can you imagine I know, right? Like, but then imagine imagine going back 10 years and saying, half, and saying to your younger self half the shit that's happened in the last year and a half. Oh, Christ. Like, the world has just gone crazy. Don't let Seth Meyers make jokes at Trump's expense at the White House, Cor- White House Correspondents' Dinner in 2012. It's going to give him the worst idea ever. Oh, That's man. a joke. Seth Meyers did not force Trump to run, but you could imagine that would be the nail in the coffin. No, Russia forced Trump to run. Um, hey! hey uh, now, speaking of villains... <laughs> hey! Uh, Black Panther's been out for a few weeks. You all know that, because you've all seen it. Yeah. Probably twice. Um, have, it, have you not seen it? Have you not seen it? Should we get? No, them? I'm speaking to you. Have Have you not seen Black Panther? Should we sit them down? Do, do we need to have a talk? <laughs> the talk. The Black Panther. We need to talk. have the Black Panther talk. <laughs> yeah. So, Killmonger is a pretty damn big breakout character in the movie, played by Michael B. Jordan. He mongers all the kills. That's yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh God, we have two Marvel films called Monger. Is he the best Marvel monger? Well, we're about to find out. Oh, are we? Because we thought Marvel, Marvel, Marvel. I've got a bit of a problem. It's called the villain problem. 
Uh, I've been rewatching with Lou lately the MCU from the start, like because uh, Infinity War is going to be out around the time I'm away. Actually, yeah. Um, hang on, no, it comes out end of April, doesn't it? Oh God knows. They yeah, it's yeah, the it's, date it's, for the it's, UK. It's, it's, it's May in America. It's like the first week of May in America. We get it the last week. May April. in America. Um, so no, Whoa. I will be around for it. Yes. Um, but with it on the way and me disappearing for two and a half weeks for rehearsals. Oh time, no! It means. That uh, I wanted to get a big recap in before I go. So Lucy and I have been scattering the movies and we're up to Captain America the First Avenger at the minute. And it's been really great revisiting them. And I realised the Marvel villain curse does exist, but there isn't really a formula for it. There are certain coincidences and there are certain similarities between the ones that don't work. There is also pat- The problem is that the patterns are broken. It used to be, oh, it's boring because the third act is the hero versus an evil mirror version of themselves. And yet, Black Panther, that worked. Yeah, that in and itself, Ant-Man, that, in Ant-Man, yeah. that worked. That in and of itself is not necessarily a problem. No, but, but it is a factor towards some of the duds yeah, as well. Yeah. It, it's really odd. So we thought, like, we were going to chat about the MCU stuff, and we, we just went, do you know what? Let's stick the villains under a microscope and have a little bash. But I don't have one big enough. At... Dirty. I need to get me pin particles on the job. Oh, even filthier. Hey! Um, we thought we'd have a bash at rating them and deciding once and for all who is the best of the MCU villains. Now, here is the category that we're going with. They've got to have been yeah. the lead villain in an MCU movie. So, you know, no Doc Ock, uh, no Dracula, no... You Dracula? Know, <laughs> you know... From Bram Stoker's Dracula? N- no. <laughs> no. <laughs> From 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 sea juggling thunder sea, um, can't have uh, can't have uh, you can't know. have black heart in either Peter Fonda or Kieran Hines flavor. <laughs> yeah, oh god, yeah. So like, basically, they have to oh, be no, the MCU black heart. He's Mephisto. Wait, hang on. He's Mephisto. Yeah, because Blackheart's the the, the emo kid. Emo kid in the emo kid. Um, so they have to be a main villain in an MCU feature. We're not using any of the televised shows' main villains because they're a little tougher to sort of navigate, and we don't have time to rewatch uh, four and a bit seasons of Agents of Shield. Oh, and watch Agent, Agent four Carter. and a bit Agents of Shield to start with, like because yeah, Bobbins most of it in it. Yeah, Inhumans we're not counting. Because uh, no one it. watched it. <laughs> Fair enough. No Let's one just assume that Ramsey Bolton's a runner-up. Did um, Inhumans happen? Like, is I think that... it, I'm sure it did. Um, <laughs> but we will be including Netflix. However, the one draw is we're only going to be able to pick one of the Netflix villains to compete. That's going to be interesting. So, yeah, so as we go, going to be on that list somewhere. We're going to be pretty frank. We're going to be pretty direct. We're going to rate them. You say that, man. <laughs> uh, we're going to rate them out of five. And basically, the ones with the higher numbers will move on to round two. Are okay. you ready? So I'm here's, ready. Here's how it works. There I'm is ready. one villain per film. Yes. Now, of course, there are multiple villains. Like we were talking about Black Panther. You've got Ulysses Claw and you've got Killmonger. With the sole However, exception of... Oh. Uh, well, there's one movie... Per oh, movie. You know, oh, yeah, no. Oh, yeah. One villain yeah. per movie. One villain per movie. Um, Because we had to narrow it down. slightly like in the case of Black Panther. Yeah. Uh, Kill, Killmonger is the main antagonist. Claw is supposedly the main antagonist until we realise, nope, it's Killmonger and it has been all along and he definitely is and yeah. he's the one who's here for the end He's, he's kind of a henchman. Yeah, uh, and same with, uh, for example, um, same with, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, it's Ronan, it's not Nebula. And, uh, and it's not face? Thanos because he's pulling the strings from behind the scenes. Yeah, uh, similarly, Iron Man 3, it's Aldrich Killian, it's not the Mandarin, it's Aldrich Killian behind it all. Etc. Etc. Like Thor two, it's Malekith, not Curse. Curse is the henchman. Blah blah. Yeah, blah. Yeah. So that's how we've narrowed it down. Curse. Um, you are my number one. Okay. 
that would have made the film instantly better. But in dark elvish. <laughs> so, that being said, but there is one exception. Loki is the main villain of... I mean, minor spoilers here, obviously, for every MCU movie. Oh, yeah. Full um, spoiler warning for all MCU movies that have been released in the cinema up to this date. So, basically, everything up to and including Black Panther. Yeah. So, Lofi, Lofi may be the baddie in Thor, but the main villain of Thor is Loki. Lofi's not even really the baddie that much, though. No, but, but he is the one who kickstarts everything and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, blah, blah, yeah. Blah. Um, Loki is the villain, then, in Avengers. So, to make up for the fact we've got one odd one... Iron Man 2, it only makes sense for Iron Man 2 to be Justin Hammer and Whiplash, considering they have pretty much equal stake in the villain side of the story. Yeah. Whiplash is the villain, then he's cut short, then Hammer brings him back in for his own nefarious deeds, and then Whiplash last minute pulls a a double cross. Also, (laughs) like... Basically, Sam Rockwell's performance was too good to leave out, essentially. Iron Iron Man Man 2 is like... Chinese food. Two cakes with a movie in one cake tin. (laughs) Oh, fair enough. I was just like Chinese food. You liked it at the time, but it just slipped your mind. Five, ten pounds of shit in a five-pound bag. <laughs> that is not one of the villains. That's being, so, that's being harsh to Iron Man 2, though. It's not that bad. Let's go in order, uh, you beautiful man. Okay. Iron Man. Iron Monger. I'm not insulting him. That's the name of the villain. Obadiah Stane. Obadiah Stane, as portrayed by the lovely Jeff Bridges. Listen. Jeff Bridges. This is Jeff Bridges, man. Played this character... From a flimsy script in a studio. What Matthew's doing is he's uh, sort of uh, misquoting for comedic purposes a line of dialogue from the movie. Um, I just wanted to say that because it, it took me to halfway through him saying it to realise what was happening. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. Porn star built He's great. He's sinister Jeff as balls. As always, mm. Jeff Bridges is great. But um, Ironmonger does lose some points instantly because this is a character movie solely about Tony Stark. It's not even about Iron Man. It's not about being a superhero. Yeah. It's about one man trying to change a legacy that he was completely bought into until his eyes were opened. Tries um, to change the legacy of his family. Now, it is nice because throughout the majority of the film, you're just like, oh God, like, Jeff Bridges' character is having to mop up Tony's decisions here. He's cancelling all the weapons, this, that, the other, and like it's all their companies been built on. And God, this is oh god, they're gonna they're gonna end up like coming at loggerheads at some point. There's gonna be an argument, and then two thirds into the movie, you find out, mm. oh wait, he's actually behind everything. He's evil and has been evil all along. He sent Tony to the Ten Rings to be killed. Yeah, get him out of the way, and I can take the company for myself, my bald self, my big bad bald self. Um. I think he does get points for being big, bad, and bald. Yeah, and beautiful. And, and bearded. And, and beautiful, and All bearded. Bees. Lots of bees. All bees. Um, has a light, lovely big mech suit, which is a big roided up version of the Iron Man. Which at this point isn't a trope or an overused thing, because it's, no, the, first it's time. the first one. Uh, um, and also, it, it feels very out of character in a way where it's like, how is he mastering that so quick? Because it's the first time he puts it on. But I think it, they've deliberately made it to be... <laughs> um, sort of user friendly, yeah. so anyone can just jump in it. Because you, you want to sell a weapon that anyone can just jump in and use. Yeah, minimum of training. Uh, but that being said, then it is literally just a stroppy businessman when you boil it down. Yeah, in in a in a punching suit. His motivation is, I want 
the money and the power. Like, what's he going to do at the end? If he kills Tony and Pepper and blows up, like, the art reactor stuff, what happens then? He's arrested for killing people. Yeah. Not a great plan, in the words of Tony Stark, four films later. Uh, I think he sits at a nice even three out of five. Yeah, I think he's, he sits very, at a three. he's very middle of the road. It's a great performance. Good performance. But it's not like people aren't going, oh my god, I love Diamonger. Yeah, so it doesn't right. stick around. I think, I think Jeff Bridges gets a nice, cosy three. Looks good in a suit. Looks good bald. Nice yeah. beard. Incredible Hulk. Tim Roth as Emil Blonsky slash The Abomination. Um, This is an interesting one. So he's called Blonsky, but they make an explicit <clears throat> effort the moment he arrives on screen to explain yeah, Russian yeah. born, raised in England. Yeah. So Tim Roth doesn't have to do an accent. Yeah. Um, Blonsky is a soldier who's... Even though, let's be honest, Tim Roth fucking loves doing accents. He does. He's never been promoted. No. Nope. Because he just, he, he doesn't suit, he says he doesn't suit sitting behind a desk making decisions. He likes being on the battlefield. He likes he's, being on the battlefield. hungry for combat. Because he's like, holy soldier, 45, and he's like, 39, sir. And it's like, right, okay, it's like, oh fuck. Like, there's this like moment of, yeah. oh, you look like shit for like 39. You shit for 39. Um, so already we've got We've got the first MCU baddie who's... He's not got a scheme. But Blonsky's the first MCU baddie who isn't scheming. Because here's the thing as well. Yeah. Something MCU seems to be missing is evil villains. Grey areas are brilliant if the story's told right. Selfish villains, certainly. Yeah. But but I do miss a bit of muhaha villainy every now and again. Blonsky is one of the few MCU villains who is moustache-twirling villain. Oh, yeah. Because he sees what Banner can become. He's like, why the... Does he deserve that? It's like, I want it! I should have that. I want to be powerful like that! So he takes. That's a common motivation in the MCU, though, as well. Yeah, but also, how does he get his powers? Botched leftover readings from the Super Soldier experiments. Oh, yeah! Nicely, beautifully setting up what was to come. Um, So Blonsky basically becomes Captain America in the first fight scene with Hulk, where it's toe to toe, and it's the first time you see the Hulk properly. It's an hour into the movie. Yeah. Blonsky's basically Captain America. Like he's leaping around, yeah. he's punching well, he's, the he's Hulk, he's smashing a bit of him. Yeah, well. <laughs> and, and then he pushes it, and he pushes uh, Tim Blake Nelson. Bless his eyes. Is it Tim Blake Nelson? Yeah, yeah. Um, and bless his eyes, and the gash on his nose that makes his brain swell. Ugh. That they're probably never going to touch on, which is really stupid. Yeah, we'll make never him, get the leader. Make him an Agents of Shield villain. Like make him a series, series long villain for Agents of Shield. Have the yeah. leader be a villain in Agents of Shield. That'd be amazing. Yeah, that'd be good. Um. And then find a way to bring in freaking no, it She-Hulk. No, shit though, because it's Shield. And find a way to bring in She-Hulk and blow the effects budget on the last two episodes having She-Hulk, She-Hulk, uh, She-Hulk in it. No, because... And then put her in a Netflix show. Oh my god, you have a she- you have a Daredevil episode with She-Hulk as a guest star. Because Daredevil has been in The Defenders, we know that magical yeah, but, stuff exists yeah, now. But, yeah, Just but, do it. Just do it. It's not going to happen though. It won't happen, but we can do it. Because that would be good. We can do um, um, so, but, but So he gets all powerful uh, and obviously ingests stuff that is not meant for him and grows into the abomination. Well, that would be some kind of abomination. Ah, name drop! Because at this point, they're still frightened to give the villains Yeah, names. yeah, yeah. We're ironmongers, Tony, that's what we are! It's yeah. like, there we go. It'd be some kind of abomination. Which then in the Marvel one-shot, the consultant, they say, like, uh, that he wants Blonsky. The abomination. It's <laughs> like, well, there we go, they've said it. Cool. Um, He's the abomination. He's a lot of fun. However, we only get one scene of the abomination. Yeah. Uh, which is ultimately what he's destined to be. Um, and he's a bit one-note. He's a bit one-note. Decent fight. He's a lot of fun, and he's very well performed. However, and I would love to see him again. 
I would love to see yeah. him again. Yeah, I'd love to see I him. Think, I think a nice, comfortable two out yeah, of five. He's not as... That doesn't mean he's bad. He's just... He's fun, fine. but he's not as... Yeah. Yeah. He's fine, and it'd be nice to see him again. Part of me still thinks that one of the Infinity War movies should have a bit where like a bunch of the villains are just used. Yeah. Like, you've got enough pa- you've got enough imprisoned MCU villains now to do Breakout. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of Breakout, the Breakout character of Iron Man 2 uh, was... well, it My was, bird. Well, it, was, <laughs> it, was it was the bird. bird. <laughs> it was the bird. Um, um, it was it was Don Cheadle, um, who is actually really good in that movie. Don Cheadle's really good in every movie. Even though he looks so old now. <laughs> no, um, he doesn't, though. He looks so old. Don Cheadle looks frail. He's just a slender man. Don Cheadle looks frail. Oh, no, the slender man. Fuck Knuckles! No! Justin Hammer. Knuckles. Justin Hammer. Yeah. Sam Rockwell. Yes. Great. Ineffective. Yes. What makes him an interesting villain is he's more like traditional Riddler level kind of villain. Like, he can go toe-to-toe with the villain, with the hero. He can mess up their life. He can add obstacles in their way. Yeah. But ultimately, it's out of a petty jealousy to prove that he's the better one. Yeah. Uh, so he's not a great villain as far as, like, villain is concerned. He's more a nuisance. But his performance is really good. Um, he's got the tech, but... Even it's just a bit even Ivan Venko yeah. is able to use that against yeah. him. So I think Justin Hammer two out of five. I think it's a, I think he's a two. Um, now Whiplash one out of five. Really? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. He's one. He's definitely one of the more memorable MCU villains. Is he though? And it's because of Mickey Rourke's quirks or Rourke's quirks. <laughs> yeah, but that's kind of not to be confused like... with Rourke's quark, which <clears throat> is where once a month Mickey Rourke, who's a huge Huge Deep Space Nine and Voyager fan. Pays money for Armin Shimmeran to come to his house, dress up as Quark and just say lines at him. Females. Um... <laughs> oh my god! It's Strax! <laughs> um, Space Strax! Um, yes. I, I See, I wouldn't put Whiplash amongst the worst, but definitely not amongst a contender. I... Whiplash is completely singularly motivated. He wants to kill Stark's legacy. He's a bit boring. Like if, once, he's if done anyone... that, once he's done that, what's he got left? Yeah. No aspira- there's no aspirations there. There's no there's nowhere to go. I think I think too. Because he's more memorable, even if he isn't that effective. Doesn't really matter. He's not going to make it into the final, because we've already no. got someone who's a three, so... Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give him a two. I don't, I don't kick him out the door. Screw you, son. I'm giving him a two. I, um, I'll never. Mostly you. because my board, my board. What the Thor, son? Yeah. <sighs> this is tough because we've got two movies to rate Loki from. Yeah. I would like to rule this one out if possible. No, because Loki is the no, no, no. Because we're gonna rate him in Avengers. Loki is the villain of Thor. Yeah, but when we rate sure. him in Avengers, can we take into account the events of Thor? Thor? Absolutely. All right. Okay. I don't think on the events of Thor alone he could get a score because I think in Thor he is drums, please. Kind of unmemorable. Uh, you're wrong. Oh, no, and no. I'll tell you for how, and I'll tell you for why. You're wrong because <laughs> of why am I doing this face? Tom Hiddleston's performance and a neat yeah. script with it is sort of like. 
Thor it, is the ironing movie of phase it, one. It is. It's the movie you stick on in the background whilst you put some shirts to rights. Like, the drama between them, like the brother familial drama, is sort of hammy and, and melodramatic and high camp. But that's what makes it so fun. Yeah. And I don't know. I, he's in a weird place in terms of his villainous scheme in Thor because you think he's trying to usurp Thor and ultimately that's what he wants. He wants to best his brother's position. But here's the thing. In that movie, this this really got me. He only finds out he's he's a frost giant. Yeah. Halfway through the film. Yeah. And yet, he was the one who allowed Frost Giants into Asgard in the first place. So he wanted to start a war to ruin Thor's big day. So his original scheme simply was, yeah. he wanted to start a war, he knew Thor would be hot-headed, and then he would ascend to the throne himself. Because he thinks he's a better king. But he then when he finds out he's part Frost Giant, yeah. he allows the Frost Giants to come and attack Asgard during the Odin sleep, Yeah, but then kills them. Yeah. Why? To set himself up as a hero. So the people love him. He wants people to love him. He wants his father to tell him well done. He wants people to love him. And he wants to be respected. That's it, that. That's a that sounds less like a villain to me and more like the actions of a child, which is arguably his kind of like his story that, arc. Is that, there that makes him a that makes a sound motivation? I but think, then though. he, but then out of sheer pettiness and pride, he allows himself to fall and not be saved, which leads to when he actually starts to go full blown villain. Kinda okay. That's my that's my argument in terms of now that's not to knock him down, but we will get to him again in just a moment. Put a pin in Loki. I haven't got one. I'll, I'll put your badge in him. Oh god, you would as well. <laughs> I'll oh. put this wall screw in him. Oh, don't. He's not deserved that. <laughs> screw Loki. Oh um, god, I've seen that tumble. Uh, <laughs> all right, so we'll put a pin in Loki, which brings us to Hugo Weaving as the Red Skull in Captain America. Of the Fast Avenger. Like a solid three out of five because Hugo this, is, this is a muhaha baddie though. Hugo Weaving is a lot of fun. He's a muhaha baddie. He loses but... points by being oh he's so evil. He's trying to out evil Hitler. It's yeah. Like, okay, film. He didn't he's like do that. I've got a massive plane with massive bombs that are also planes. To be fair, he's also the only human to like properly wield the cosmic cube. That's kind of For impressive. About two seconds. Yeah, but that's still kind of impressive in terms of like. For it melts stuff he him. does, and he does command Hydra in its then incarnation. He does so command he, Hydra. He does have an evil army, and they're not all CGI grey things. Like they're real people, and the punches sound solid, and and the weapons are fucking terrifying. Like they shoot people and they just evaporate into blue mist. And like, he's got a massive car. And he's got he's got a massive he has got a massive a car. Massive car. He's got though. an evil scientist henchman. Yeah. He's got a rubber face over his actual face, which is he's, also a rubber face. He's ticking some pretty he's ticking people's. some pretty big comic book like muhaha villain boxes. Yeah. But I I got to agree with you there. Aside from that, aside from being a foil to Captain America, he is just like oh I'm magic Hitler. Okay. But you're yeah. reminding us that Hitler exists, so now we're having to compete this fictional evil guy against the real atrocities of an actual human in our heads. And so I'm it does more take away evil. Yeah, like, they, they could reference Hitler because obviously it's World War Two, but he, he literally yeah. is like, no, we're gonna out, we're gonna usurp the Fuhrer and screw him over, and it's just like, yeah, you lose some uh, uh, lose some points lose, there, lose some points, lose some points. So I think again, like Obadiah Stane, a Quack solid point. three. Da 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 da
Low key. Now, low, 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 low key. Now, here's where it gets confusing. You have to forget the next two stories featuring this character, I think. No, you don't. You do. And I'll tell you for why. We're, why? Rating, we're rating him as the villain of the movie The Avengers. Yes. And also, it looks like he's heading to a redemption arc, which would knock him down some points as a baddie. Um... Not, not in terms of storytelling. Hmm. But if we are looking at this as simply black and white, who's the best villain of the MCU? I think we have to pigeonhole him a little bit more into his villainy de- villainy days. I don't know. I don't think I don't think a villain having a redemption arc makes him any less of a villain. No, I I agree. But uh, as like in terms of like how good is this villain in this story? I agree. But if we were pitting them against each other in that kind of way, for example, if we were like, right, you you versus you, who would wipe the freaking floor with them? Loki has tricks up his sleeve, but he also is kind of like, he's now on that, oh, what do I do? I'm unsure of my future. Loki. He becomes more of a glory hog by the time Thor Ragnarok rolls around. Loki is a high four out of five. And I'll yes. tell you for how, yes. and I'll tell you for why. He's Prince John. Again. He's Prince John. He is Prince John. Yeah. He has got, he's been through some shit, he's got something to prove, he's got tricks up his sleeve. He's very formidable, but not unstoppable. Yeah, I mean, it's proved by this. He's formidable. He's not not technically the man behind everything in this movie. He's formidable enough. He's obeying Thanos' will in this film. But still, he's formidable enough to be a credible threat and even cause the death of one of our lead characters, well, lead-ish characters, um, and make you think that he could defeat everyone. Yeah. But can be stopped, and he's in part stopped by his own... Hubris. hubris and I love it when villains are stopped by their own hubris plus he's one of the few villains that really gets like who, who, well, he's one of the few villains who is the villain from the beginning really obviously this is the bad guy here he is fully formed at the start yeah like we don't witness him on a journey in Avengers he is the obstacle is that why because he's not take, the main story is that why you want to take Thor into account because it gives him more of a journey Thor is his journey but what makes him really effective as a villain in the Avengers is that the film starts and there's the bad guy? I'd argue he's more. It's very Bond. I'd in argue he'd still be a high four mm. without Thor because. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, is, yeah. I agree. He is just such a. Like, I mean, the, the Avengers the first is such shot, a well-constructed film. The first shot of him. So well. The first yeah. shot of him in the Avengers put just lands like he arrives at the teleport and just looks up and it's just. So he looks like he looks like Loki yeah. in that first shot. Ten times more than he ever did in Thor. He's lupine. He's he's wolf-like. Yeah, like in, in, in yeah. Thor, he's got the silhouette, and at the end, he's got the daft helmet, and it really clearly affects the performance. And he gets the, the daft helmet. He gets the daft helmet in this, and it's great. It's great, but also it's I that first shot. Helmet. You're like, oh, there he is. Like that's the guy who yeah, stops yeah. stops mid-panel and stares at Bill Bonner Bills directly in the eye, and like very in Prometheus. There's the terrifying mother trucker. Yeah, there he is. So. I mean, Loki's Loki's a solid four. He's a solid four. High four. So we're talking. So far, Loki's to Loki's a top contender. I think we have to get fours now to narrow it down. It's okay because we're gonna we're gonna come into some quality villains mm. and oh, some not so soon. quality villains. Oh uh, well, soon. right. So what we got next? After... Iron Man three. Aldrich Killian. What? Not five. the Mandarin. No, not the Mandarin because the Mandarin ain't a villain. The Mandarin is the perceived villain, and that's the point. The story pulls the rug out from like, underneath you. The whole thing of, of the of the decoy Mandarin and the Trevor Slattery reveal is fucking genius. Yeah. And it's so well executed. And we say that as people who love the comics, and I would like to see a live-action version of 
of something akin to the Mandarin. But that character's at some point. so problematic. But, but that's what I'm saying. Like something akin to yeah. the Mandarin, even if it's just the mystic element of the Ten Rings. Yeah. And utilize it because we know that we, thanks to the um, All Hail the King, or whatever it's called, the, the Marvel one. Yeah, shot, there, there is a Mandarin. There out is there. a Mandarin out there, and it's likely that Mandarin is the head of a cult like the Ten Rings, who we met in Iron Man. It's a yeah. military. It's a militia. Like he's the head of them. There is there is some symbolic iconography going on amongst their designs and the looks. It's entirely possible that the Mandarin is somebody out there who's probably got like ten like rings akin to the stuff you see in Doctor Strange, maybe. Ten magic rings. Like because now now because of Doctor Strange, oh yeah. we know magic exists in some form in this universe. Yeah. The Mandarin's probably just like a fallen But they're not magic maybe, rings, maybe... they're they're the alien. Ah technology, well that's how so... you get around it at the MCU. Yeah. The Mandarin could could be this seemingly ageless being because he was like last heard of existing in like ancient China or whatever. Yeah. And has has effectively been immortal, and yeah. he's been living quietly. Yeah, yeah. And so, do you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't have to be a Fu Manchu caricature, you know, yellow menace, horrible stereotype from no. the era he came from. And having read some early tales of suspense recently, mm. Jesus, was he that? Yeah, but he could he could still be a Chinese character using this ancient name and position and whatnot, and because he's just more mystic, and mm. it's nothing to do with like. China's not the reason he is called the Mandarin. It's more to do with like his name or whatever. There are ways to do it, I yeah. think. I think there's um, modern incarnations of that character in the comics that are, that are a bit better. Mm. But it's hard to detach him from that history. Cast a megastar in Chinese cinema in the role. Because they're, yeah. they're, we're always trying to like you know blend American cinema with Chinese cinema and stuff Not even now. blend American with Chinese cinema, just like insert scenes yeah. that are only for the Chinese but markets. Be, but, no, people but that would be an amazing way to be like, okay, we are going to stick true to parts of the character's heritage, but we're also going to introduce Hollywood and the Western cinematic world to a star from Chinese cinema. Yeah. And do something which we work. need to do more of, which is introduce international stars across the board. But we're not talking about what we're going to do not. with the Mandarin. Aldrich Killian, but I hate it when people say like, Aldrich Killian slash the Mandarin. When he says, you want the Mandarin, I am the Mandarin. He's not saying, I'm the Mandarin. He's saying, I'm the fucking thing you were looking for. It's me. Like, I'm. that's the point he's making. He's not claiming to be the Mandarin, is he? No. People keep oh, saying, no. oh, the, the thing I think that confused people is because he's got a massive Chinese dragon tattoo on his chest. Yeah. Everyone assumes that he's going like, see, this is how we're getting around it. And it's like, no, you're Aldrich Killian. You're an evil scientist with the extremist virus as a weapon. That's who you are. Guy Pearce is, does a great job in the movie. I, I like Guy Pearce. Even when he's playing Jim Carrey slash Jamie Foxx in the opening few minutes. Yeah. Uh, and actually, no, Jamie Foxx is playing him. It is, it, came it, first. it is Edward... It is Edward... Edward Ingram, Ingram, like, That's not going to be good for me. Um, it's just... Albeit with goofier teeth. His motivation's um, weak to the point of being non-existent. He has, some, he has some good scenes and the visuals of him, like the final fight between him and Tony and then him and Pepper yeah, is really cool. But... but he, he's, uh, I think he's our first one. Yeah, he's just a bit dull. Yeah, like he's, he's not, he's not terrible, but he's, he's yeah. I think he's Iron the... Man Three is about Tony Stark. I think and 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 Pepper Potts. Oh, Aldrich That's Killian. What Iron Man Three is Ald- about. Aldrich Killian is the weak point of what I think is a very strong script generally. Yeah, I really like Iron Man Three. Yeah, but yeah, it just drops the ball with Aldrich. Like he's just not interesting at all. Now, speaking of not interesting at oh, all... fuck me, sideways. Thor the Dark Worlds. Malekith. Malekith the Accursed. A character in the comics who's a dark elf. He's usually portrayed as gleeful, capricious. sadistic, capricious. Um, he's more of a Rumpelstiltskin kind of character. Yeah, yeah. I don't mean, like, you know, diminutive and stuff, but I mean, 
he enjoys what he's doing. Mischievous, but like not in a mischievous. I'm gonna trick you sort of way. Mischievous, like I'm gonna trick you and then I'm gonna cut your fucking throat kind of way. He's Loki if Loki preferred getting his hands dirty. Oh yeah, to having like yeah. uh, the you know having the high, having the high ground. Um, like Loki prefers to be ha ah, yes I win the day and I'm gloating whereas Malekith is more like ha ah, I win the day. Wait oh wait no he's still alive. One moment. Ha ha! I've rendered his head from his shoulders. Yeah, I, I am the villain. For some reason, this movie makes him a stoic, quiet, only Elven-speaking character. Um, he's just really, really boring. The most boring motivation. Mm, like, like, like the way they get around his because he's branded basically, isn't he? The reason his face is half the way it is in the comics is to do with like his. He's sort of. He is a curse. Yeah, like it's yeah. like, no, you are you are sick and wrong, and you know we're going to put this branding on you and stuff. In this, it's literally just like burns from a fight with Thor. Yeah, or whatever. It's like, uh, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, is this how you? Oh, um, he's uninteresting. And the the biggest crime of all, really, because this movie is this movie is one of the two eh, MCU movies for me. Yeah, uh, Iron Man two and Thor: The Dark World. They're yeah. just. Yeah. Eh, 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 eh. Um, and the biggest, the biggest, the biggest kick in the teeth of all, is who is under the prosthetics. Yeah, like you give Christopher Eccleston a role I'm like this, fuck all to do, and he, he's got fuck all to do. And the thing is, you can see he's trying. You can see he's trying really hard because he always is. It doesn't like, come across like. as as a bad performance, but overall, in because of the story, because of the breadth of stuff the character actually yeah. does or doesn't do. You just take and a... even just the lack of scenes of English speaking confrontation yeah. with the other characters. It's just like like you don't you don't get any sense of state of his relationship with Thor and and now why he's so down on that other than like, oh well your dad stopped me from destroying the universe, so now I don't like you anymore. Oh and your mum's dead. Now on the on the top uh, like... Trump's basics level, he does score villain points for wielding one of the infinity stones. Like, oh, and... well, oh wow. No no no, but like if we were yeah. using if we were looking at it from a top Trump's level, it's like he's more, one of the more powerful villains he's of the end. Still my raging erection for that particular tidbit. I mean you do have an erection. Yeah, I always have an erection. That's true. Um <laughs> I mean you have to rub it on the mic. <laughs> um so Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Sourcing minks. Um, that was my finger, by the way. It's like if, if we're looking at it from that, that top Trump's level, right he's, one of the, he's one of the more powerful villains we encounter in the MCU. Yeah, uh, he has an entire army behind him and a really freaking cool uh, henchman in the form of Curse. Yeah, cool looking, but like an entire army of still the best character that that actor's played. Drones. The best comic book character that he's well, played. Yeah. I can't remember his name now, but he's the guy who played Killer Croc. Yeah, um, um, still, so. he's like he just got an army of faceless drones. Is the ultimate downside to it. Like, yeah, uh, and also, yeah. also, I mean, and he gets bonus points for killing Freya. Like he murders Thor's mum, Frigga, even. Yeah, yeah. Um, so but it's then, like he does stuff, but he's just, he's a one man. Yeah, he's just like he's I, I want to get the MacGuffin and destroy. Have a genuinely everything. interesting kind of fight scene in Greenwich. Yeah, like there's some but it isn't interesting because of him. It's no. interesting because of the teleporting. I'm like, and Mjolnir flying past a cat. Then he's going, yeah, yeah. But also, it's... <laughs> is I it... don't hate Darcy. I don't. I'm hate one of the Darcy. few people who doesn't hate um, Darcy. But, I don't. Um, but it's it's like, oh well, is he trying to destroy the universe or return it to darkness? Like, is that a metaphor or, or a euphemism, or is it? Is he just trying to turn out all the lights? Or and why can't these villains be having fun? Yeah, oh, is the other thing. Um, 
Comes Speaking later. of villains who aren't having fun, but yeah. certainly are stronger. Any fun! The best film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, don't at me. Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Has a few bad guys in it. It's got um, the, the the man who will be crossbones. <laughs> it's got uh, Batrock. Sleeper! No, just Batrock in this. No, Batrock. But he's wearing Batroc. the colours and his fight is a kickboxing match with Captain America. Yeah. Let, yeah. Lest, us, lest we forget, that happens and it's great. Um, the late Gary Shandling. Yeah, reprising his role for Iron Man 2 yeah. in one of those beautiful thingy buildings. Sit well, finally, like, get we, we're like, oh, hang on, that recurring guy who's been in, mm-hmm. in the shows and, and in all the films, like, he was Hydra? Sit oh well my God. or get thrown out of a car better. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course the main villain of Captain America 2 is the yeah, it's Alexander Pierce um, yeah. Winter Soldier is the villain of the movie but is he though but exactly it turns out like... he's the Vader yeah he's the Darth Vader but then he's I the think, henchman I guess Darth Vader is the villain of Star Wars when you think Darth Vader it. is the villain of Star Wars and the Empire Strikes Back to a degree yeah but the villain is is the Emperor like it, it's it's yeah so like it it's in this okay. case in this case it's Alexander Pierce because he's the one who's pulled the trigger, he's the one who seeded Hydra yeah. into Shield over the course of the decades and is the one in charge of the moment it all turns. And he's the one who ultimately is like, Yep, yeah, I'm gonna press this switch and three helicarriers are gonna go and bomb the shit out of the majority of America. Yeah. He's the bad guy. <laughs> um so although why were they targeting Stephen Strange if he was just a surgeon at that point? He was a very good surgeon. Mm, maybe even though he was a bit of a cunt he might have had like maybe he was at no point in Doctor Strange do they suggest when that film takes place so he might already have been the Sorcerer Supreme Doctor Strange could have taken place pre-Captain America Winter Soldier possibly there's nothing in there that says when it it is in the MCU yeah because there's that bit about the the soldier with the broken spine but I think they say something that contradicts that that could be Rhodey yeah oh it can't be Rhodey that's way too soon I guess yeah I don't think I think it makes more sense for Doctor Strange to have taken place earlier in the timeline. Yeah. Because then the scene in Ragnarok, where he's completely comfortable and he's the Sorcerer Supreme yeah. looking out over New York, it's like, okay, fair enough. Like, you've been you've been doing this for a few years now. Yeah. Um, meat. Meat, 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 meat. cool gloves. It's cool ass gloves. Um, well, not his ass gloves. He wore them when he was a physician. No, they were clean gloves. Yeah. Alexander Pierce is the villain. He pulls the trigger. Robert Redford again, great performance, great performance. Uh, really and good, and perfect for that story. Yeah, absolutely perfect for that story because Captain America: The Winter Soldier is a political thriller with punching. Yeah, but it's actually not a story about villains. So as, as a mm. villain, he's not that. No. He works very well. He works very well in that story, but he's not necessarily a great villain. villain. He's not a great baddie. I just... think performance is a given. Excellent. I think he's a, I think he's a solid two. I think he's a solid two. He's a solid two. He's a great bad guy, and again, in that story, works so well, and he gets some brilliant scenes as a character and as a performance opposite Samuel L. Jackson and stuff. And yeah, he's really good. But he is he's a two. Guardians of the Galaxy. Ronan, the Accuser. Um, people of Xandar, you stand accused. I want to give him a two. Lee Pace does a great job through all that makeup because yeah. he is a bit dull. Yeah, that's the that's the thing here. He's powerful. And he's probably got the best introductory scene for a Marvel villain. Because, again, he's the moment we meet him, he's a baddie. Yeah. He's already a baddie. It's he's him, he's it's an enforcer of Thanos. Executing the He's Kree hanging dude, out with it? Thanos' daughters. Oh, Kree, like, he's, um... he's, he's their boss. Yeah. So he's obviously that badass that Thanos is like, you, take my inbred assassin daughters and go and do shit uh. with them. Um, 
like <laughs> inbred's the wrong word. They're not inbred. Mind fucked. <laughs> Brainwashed. Brainwashed and cyber cyberized. Cybs. Cyber cyborgized. Cyborgies. They're cybermen. Cybermen. Um <sighs> so yeah. Um Cyberwoman. Cyberwoman. Not Cyberwoman. Never Cyberwoman. Um Remember Chibnall. The Adventures of Cybergirl. <laughs> oh god. And a plucky sidekick, Matt. Did you get it, Cyber Matt? I'm not um, with any 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 cyber sidekick. The first thing we see him do is crush someone's head with his hammer. Yeah, he's we not, actually see him in an accuser. We, we see him in the accuser role briefly. Like he actually like does a he's judge jury and executioner. Yeah, yeah. To a Nova a Nova pilot. Is he's it? a Nova pilot. I can't remember. So either a Nova's pilot or a Cree. Um, it's not a Cree because he's a Cree. He is Cree. Yeah, I think it's a Nova pilot. Must yeah. be. Um, Zandaran. Yeah, he, he is Zandaran of Zandarian some, of some color. Uh, again, top Trump's point of view. He wields an infinity stone at one point, like. You know, he, he is he's pretty freaking powerful. He can hold his own against um the guardians of the galaxy and a big chunk of the Nova Corps fleet. Even without the Infinity Stone. He gets to deliver some really killer moments in the film, yeah. like you know, the whole what the hell are you doing? Oh man, that dance fight is <laughs> so good. Like so he's he's you know what I mean, he's got some good stuff in there, but ultimately again kind of forgettable. Um I wouldn't give him a one because he's definitely better than Killian and Malekith. Yeah, he's a bit more. I don't know, fun. I think he's a two. Yeah, he's I, a two. I think he's a little. He's just he just edges into a two because he's just a little more interesting. Yeah, he's still not. He's still a bit dull. And again, but like he's just a little more fun. Like a lot than of they the are. first films in the MCU, the film isn't about him at all. No, it's about the Guardians. He's just it's a, about it's about them coming together. He he is the MacGuffin of the script. He's a dude for them to looking fight. for the MacGuffin of the movie. Yeah. Um. Now this this one this guy he's got a lot of weight on his shoulders because the whole freaking movie's about him. His name's in the title. Avengers: what? Age of Ultron. <sighs> James Spader's performance is great. Yeah, he's good. He's he he is unnerving and darkly funny. Um, Ultron is a is a force to be reckoned with. Like it's it's a it's a sentient computer that is continuing to learn and improve itself. So that even if you throw the God of Thunder at it, he'll be able to fight the God of Thunder. Yeah. That in itself is a really cool threat. He is able to hijack all of Stark's security fleet and turn them into basically drones of Ultron. Yeah. So he turns the hero stuff against them. Once again, another Stark creation goes wrong. He makes more Ultrons! He does. Um, he is able, in his um, Scarlet Hood, or whatever it's called, thing, to... Um, <laughs> Crimson Hood or whatever he's called in the comics. Crimson Cloak. I Crimson Cloak, was. that was it. Yeah. Uh, he wears that briefly, but in, like in the comics, he brings people on side. In this case, Quicksilver yeah. and the Scarlet Witch. Like He manipulates that. Like he's a computer, but he's still able to emotionally manipulate them enough to get them on his side. He's a very human machine. Yeah, he rips off Andy Serkis' arm in a, in a scene that is actually... That moment is actually like, oh, God! Yeah, yeah. But! But! Quippy, quippy, nicey, nicey, funny, funny less scary less scary yeah if he was a little less Tony Stark I kind of like work. that he's funny it's different because he's he definitely different from the books because he is an evil robot Tony 
Mm. And in the books, he is more like, I am Ultron 5, I will destroy yeah, yeah, you yeah. all. A bit more glossy. So it's nice like. that in this, he's more like, oh, please, like, I'm going to destroy you the moment you step forward, you bag of shit. I, I am Ultron. physically vomit. And they made my mouth, they made my mouth more human. They made his mouth more human. Yeah. Which was cool. So it was like, oh, that's how they're going to do his very yeah. distinct face. I think you But also, it kind of needed to just go, rah, 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 rah. yeah, yeah. At least once would have yeah. been nice. Um, well, you get a little sense of that when he's original, smashed up, taken over. Iron visually, he's fascinating. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Because we get different looks at him as well, different styles. I'm tilted to give Ultron a three because I don't think he's the problem with that movie. No. problem with that movie is Chuffer, in the words of Bruce Willis. Chuffer. Chuffer. Too much Chuffer. Too much Chuffer. Yeah, too much um, executive Mernadelling. I, I, I think he's a comfy three. I think if, if he had been... If it had just tweaked the balance, little tweak, little tweak, little tweak, little tweak of the balance between between his quippiness and his threateningness. Quippiness is next to gardeningness. Um, yes, I think he might have edged a four, but um, <laughs> I think he has a pretty decent plan. He's just he loves like, to edge it. Get a big chunk of rock. Uh, wipe out the human race. Start again. He's not like destroy for the sake of it. He's like, no, you've kind of fucked this up. It's going to do something new. I'm a new form of life. I'm going to yeah. repopulate the earth with myself. You, you've programmed me to save the planet, and the best yeah. way to do that is to eradicate you, the yeah. one thing that is harming it. Yeah, humanity. We'll kill you. And whatever it rises, was... whatever rises up next, I'll join them. I'll look after them. Yeah, we'll make yeah. sure that it works. I'll out. create them. I'll create my own form of life. I'll, I'll ultron the world. I, I created you. And I can destroy you! Yes. Um, yeah, I like Ultron. Not now, in that film. we're back to the mirror villains again. Ooh. We're into Ant-Man. I'm I'm seriously into Ant-Man. I like that movie a lot. What's the character called again? His, Damien... His Damien Cross, played by Corey Stoll. Who's great. Who's having a ball. Now, really here's, where, here's where the fun comes back into the villains. This guy is evil. Yeah. Like, he's just a... He's evil. Yeah. It's... I'm already as part it's a corporate takeover it's another villain in a suit to a point but he's having fun doing it and that makes him a little more interesting I don't think he's a four I think he's a three but he's a damn good three mm. um, he's got a bit of that daddy complex going on there yeah and he gets a really gruesome death yeah um, Yellow Jacket is is great he is yeah. pretty great but again He's he suffers a bit from the exact mirror of the superhero thing to a point. But what makes it work for this one is it's not, oh, our journey was the same. I just chose to do this. It's I choose. I'm choosing to do this because it's fun. Yeah, and there that is, makes there him, is a sense of him becoming know. slightly more unhinged as it goes mm. on, mm. and and they do sort of try and make that. Oh, it's it's, it's his exposure to the pin particles. Um, but I think it's. He, but he was already also, he was already yeah. blowing sheep up. Yeah, like, I think he was all. I think he was already a bit unstable. Yeah, and it's kind of. I mean, Christ, doesn't he try to sell off the tech to Hydra? The highest bid, aren't he? Yeah, so like bidder. he's got those kind of connections. Oh yes, it's like there we go. He's uh, unscrupulous. To I say think the comfy, least. comfy three, comfy three. So as we're edging <laughs> out of uh, phase two. We don't have anyone on Loki's level yet. We may have to bring in a few threes. We'll see how we go. We'll see how we get. Uh, we won't. There'll be fours. Uh, Captain America 3, Civil War. Uh, arguably, there is no villain villain in this movie, simply because the movie's about the inner conflict within all of our 
protagonist. Except that there is, because Zemo turns each other. Yeah. Uh, now, Baron, Baron Zemo in the comics is an old school Captain America villain. There's yeah. been two of them, the original and his son. He's got a hood stuck to his face with adhesive X. Yeah, and he looks like he's um, he's very classical, swords, pistols, like, leopard print freaking designs on the handle of his, yeah. his guns and stuff, like, he's a really cool villain when you put him in charge of, like, the, um, oh the god, Bolts. the Masters of Evil and characters oh, yeah. like that, he's a lot of fun. And then he becomes Citizen V and leads the Thunderbolts for a little bit. Yeah, oh god. He's like, I'm a hero now, but I'm still really a villain, or am I? Conflict. Uh, in this film, he's not that. His name is borrowed for a uh, Sokovian father and husband who has been a soldier. He's been he's been in tactical units, like he's been in the uh, Sokovian military. He's military intelligence, wasn't he? Like... Yeah, so he, he's an intelligence operative. He's done field work. He's done stuff from behind the desk and behind computer screens. And he works with, you know, the data and he also, like, gets stuck in and blah, yeah. blah, blah. And yet, his objective in this movie isn't to kill anyone or rule the world, it's they killed my family in the events of Age of Ultron. I'm going to make them tear themselves apart. Yeah, he doesn't even want them to necessarily kill each other. No. He just wants them to be gone. Like, he wants wants to get rid of the Avengers. And wants them to, um, you know, fall from grace in the eyes of the world. Yeah. And how he does that is setting up a bunch of little individual chess pieces... Um, and then the game starts yeah. and, and, and leaves Tony and Steve to play it out, basically. Um, however, his actions do result in stuff that would be declared villainous. Yeah. He's not doing it from a villainous perspective. Um, he manages... He, he's the first one of these heroes yeah. to genuinely break the Avengers. Like, they are screwed and in I, that and, movie. I, and I think, you know... The, the, he, Re- he shifts the dynamic of the entire MCU. Revenge is one of those where... Uh, it can be a villainous motivation, but mm. also a um, the the protagonist's um, yeah. story as well. The mirror event thing. However, it does it does result in the creation of the Black Panther at the death of the old one. Yeah. Um, it involves a bunch of the Avengers being incarcerated, and Cap going into hiding. Yeah. Rhodey gets crippled. Vision's future is unsure. Yeah. Like, he really screws everyone over here. I think the only thing... And he's able to utilise the Winter Soldier, who was the he was the wrecking ball of the Winter Soldier. I was going to say that the only thing that stops him from being a four is a lack of screen time, but fuck it, I'm going to give him a four. You think? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure how he's going to match up when it comes to I head... I really like Daniel Brühl. head-to-head with people, but Daniel Brühl... I yeah. really like Daniel Brühl. I really like... I know people complained about, oh, Zemo doesn't really do anything and he's not got his mask and he's not Baron Zemo. But fuck that. That's all right. Like, these movies can take some liberties and fair enough. Like, yeah. You could always, you could always, if you wanted, if later on they decide to sort of bring him a bit more practically into it, they could do a version of it's it. It's a pragmatic adaptation of I a mean, strange say, character. Von Strucker appears in Age of Ultron. Yeah. Big Captain America villain. And he's in it briefly and then he's killed off screen. Yeah. Arnim Zola, big Captain America villain is utilised in a minor supporting capacity and is more effective because of it. You know why? Because a lot of these characters from the comics aren't actually that interesting. And <laughs> don't necessarily warrant direct adaptation. There's a reason why so, yeah. if you say to people named comic book baddies, they always name either Spider-Man or Batman villains. Because yeah. not, every, not every villain is as memorable as those guys. Um, but Zemo is pretty damn great. I, it's going to be interesting to see how he fares later, but we'll see. Yeah, I, I like Zemo. I'm going to give him a four. 
Okay. Doctor Strange. Caecilius. 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 Played Mads by Mads Mikkelsen. Being fucking great. But... <laughs> bit thin, isn't it? Yeah. Bit I mean, he, he's, some people will be like, probably think listening and going, hang on, Dormammu. Dormammu's not the villain. No. Dormammu would be the villain if the plan worked, because then, of course, he'd come through yeah. and have to be dealt with, but he doesn't. Dormammu, Dormammu's the greater scope villain. Dormammu is the Thanos of Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. to Doctor Strange. Like, he, he's... He's the end game if the villain is successful. Yeah. Um, now, Caecilius is pretty great in terms of his actual scenes in the movie. He's yeah. effective. He's frightening. There's a fucking wonderful performance from Mads Mikkelsen in the bit where, where he's of... trussed up in the creepy bondage yeah. thing. Where he basically explains why he's doing what he's doing. It's like a single shot on his face for like a minute and a half. Yeah. And he's acting his balls off. And it's so good. Yeah. Um... He's acting through some weird prosthesis that obviously your your um your eyes are drawn to, so it could be a distraction, but it never is because he's really good. Yep. But ultimately, material's just a little thin. Yeah, yeah, I think he's a two. I think I think he's on par with like your abominations, uh, your, your whiplashes, your your Ronans. I think he's a two. I'd be tempted to push it to three. <laughs> like, it's because like he's to you. <laughs> he's a very effective villain. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very well performed. Mm-hmm. And I like Mads Mikkelsen. Do you know what? Because you're not going to make it through the next round anyway. I'll give it to you. You can have three. Well, how many are we narrowing it down to anyway? Uh, all the ones with the highest scores will make it through to the next one. So so far, Loki and Zemo. Oh God, so we're just doing fours. But, yeah, unless unless we get a five, in which case they're going to outdo it, but I don't think we're going to get a five. I don't this think is we're the MCU. Get a five. We're this not going to get a five. This isn't a Batman movie featuring a character called the Joker. <laughs> Played by Jack Nicholson or Heath Ledger. Okay. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2. Ego! The Living Plenu. <laughs> I really, <laughs> really like Ego. Ego is great. And, and again, would... it's because they, they take a character from the source material who you're like, really? You're going to do this? And they find a way to do it well. And I would, I would give him a 4 out of 5, but for one thing. Oh, go for it. The CGI big rock fight at the end just gets a bit... Like, it gets a bit lost. The character gets a bit lost in the pyrotechnics. Yeah, but... He did kill his mum. Yeah. Like, this is a villain who is, like... He's not... He Again, this is one of the grey area ones in terms of, like... He's doing it because he thinks it's the right thing to do. He's lost his humanity or any humanity he could have had. He's a god. He doesn't give a shit anyway. But any sort of compassion he did have, it's it, it disappeared along the way. Because of the things he's done to prepare mm. for this moment. Yeah. And think about it. What has he been doing for the last possibly like 100 maybe more years? No. More than that. More than that. No, no. But what, what's he been doing over this time? He's been luring yeah. his children... To his For world. millions of years. Oh, yeah, but he's been luring his children to his world to basically assess them, and if they don't have the similar power to him, he murders them and dumps them in a cave. For all he could do as well, think about that, like, for all of his power, he could just, like, erase them right there and yeah. then, and still he just kills them and dumps their body in a cave. Yeah. He's fucking villainous. He's, four out of five it is. He's a four, he goes he's a four, four out of five it is. Me, just... Kurt Russell and his performance... Just and the emotional impact that that sort of the result of this wonderful 
triumvirate of of um, Chris Pratt and Kurt Russell mm. and Michael Rooker and their yes. and then their triangular sort of father son relationships. Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing. He he's he's only as effective as he is because it plays into that story. Yeah. But what a story! Because this is a, this is a, and this you, is you care deeply about those characters yeah. because of because of actions he has put them through. This is a film about the father that you do have and the father that you want and the father you, you did have and the father that you thought you had and the Hasselhoff you yeah. wanted um, and the, the yeah. Zadu Hasselfrau Zadu Hasselfrau um, and yeah, yeah, like Ego's villainy is a key part of that. And he does that wonderful thing where he's so likeable at first, Mm -hmm. but almost immediately you know there's something not right. Yeah. But then he just keeps being so likeable. Yeah. And... And the, then, t- the turning point is even when he start, even when the plan starts kicking and, yeah. and Starlord's getting like, um, like impaled on that energy stuff, you're still like, oh god, oh god, like what the hell's happening? What the hell's happening? And then he says, it was a damn shame I had to put that tumor in it, and, and immediately you're like, you, you are dead. That happens, you are so dead. Like, you are going because that, that, after that, Starlord gets impaled. Oh yeah, the first time he's just sort of no, he, no, he's before. No, he's, no, he's into it at first. Oh yeah, and then it's like, oh yeah, we're gonna do this together. And yeah, because like, he sort of hits uh, him with the weight. He's, of it re- all, he's reluctant. He? Yeah, because he's like, oh, but my friends. And then he's like, no, no, it's gonna be amazing. It's gonna and be amazing. And then he balls. does the, and then he says the tumor line. Yeah, and then that's when um, Styles like, what? Yeah, yeah. Like that's that's that puts him straight into like, yeah, this guy's just flat out fucking yeah. villain. Yeah. Um, Spider-Man: Homecoming Vulture, four out of five. This was so pleasantly surprising. It ain't the vulture from the comics. It no. really isn't. No, no, no. But it's such he's still, a... He's still Adrian Toomes, as far as we know. He's, he's referred to in all the extended media as Adrian Toomes. Yeah. Uh, which implies that uh, Liz Allen... Is Liz Toomes in this. Is Liz Toomes. Or... Well, now I think she's referred to as Liz Allen again in extended media. She's definitely just Liz in the film. Yeah. But that might have been just to cover up the thing. But then again, part of me was like, oh, maybe it's like a remarriage or yeah, yeah. whatever. Like, who knows? Um, either way, really he's got a personal stake yeah. in the hero's life, which is very yeah. common for Spider-Man movies, oh, especially. And, 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 Spider-Man and, comics too, but very common for Spider-Man yeah. movies. And it's just, but the way that it, <sighs> the way that it pimp slaps you in the face in the film. It, Michael Keaton's sort of, and he has that moment where he he lays out his his motivations, and you're like, fucking hell, he's got a point. Mm. Like, because it is very much, oh well, the rich people are leaving us behind, and we've got to live off scraps. So. I've made. I'm gonna better myself more. I'm bettering myself through crying. Fuck it. I've, I've, I've I have a wife and daughter yeah. to provide for. I've developed the, these the, this technology, and if the rich guys have a have a right to use it, do whatever they want. I have a right to use the technology that I've created to do whatever I want. Yeah. And his conviction. Yes. And also, but also the <laughs> fact that he's human enough <laughs> to not give Peter up at yeah. the end. Yeah. Fucking brilliant! Because he understands as much as he hates him, he understands this is a kid. Yeah, like maybe I can t- maybe I can talk him round. Maybe I was in the wrong. I'm yeah. gonna leave him be. He's a kid. Because it's that moment in the car where he threatens him, mm. and God, that scene is so sad. You get the impression that out of all these films, out of all the cosmic, um, the cosmic scale, yeah, and out of all the world-ending like sort of. Uh, um, uh, uh, oh, like situations yeah, that these characters are putting yeah, the, the tensest scene out of all the MCU have to be personal the tensest scene yeah. out of all the MCU is Michael Keaton with two kids in the back of his car sat at a stoplight and the lights illuminating his face 
as he realizes mirror what he's feeling yeah. as he realizes that he's in the car brilliant. with the guy who's to art. Oh, it's it's so brilliant. Good. And it, it again, this Spider-Man goes with the the old school Spider-Man story of it being he's a kid. Yeah. So Vulture, because of that, feels even more threatening. Yeah. Because he's wailing on a teenager. And he is at first. And, and like, you know he doesn't want... Once he realises who Peter is, yeah. he even gives him that chance to be like, look, just don't. Don't go with this. Don't do this. I'm going to do my thing. Yeah. Just go. Don't stop me. And then when Peter continues, he's like, right. And he brings the building down yeah. on him because he's like, I guess I'm going to have to kill this child. Don't stop me. And we're cool. That makes him more frightening. Like, no, you're not going to stop. All right. Well, I'm just going to have to kill you then. Mm. And it's... And he leaves I mean, Peter in that. Stick him against any other of the of the main character, main characters, the protagonists of this series. They'd all take him. They'd all take him down. They'd all be able to take him down relatively quickly, <sighs> to a point. Like he's, you know, he's obviously ferocious, but like they'd be looking for the angles, wouldn't they? I'm really. Like you stick, I'm... you stick Vulture and Hawkeye in a room together. Hawkeye's going to take Vulture down in these versions of the characters. He's going to find a way to do it. Yeah. But that's why he works so well for this movie. I, I'm and really tempted to go for a five, you know. I see. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go five, because that'll rules out our competition. <laughs> okay. Um, well, we'll we'll we'll. He's damn good. He's he's damn good. But again, if you want to look at it on the top trumps level, if you go you go to that part. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. He's he's not going to be able to hold his own overall. So that's why we'd have to debate other stuff. I think four again, yeah. but a freaking high four. Um, and it's also interesting to see who the fours are actually. Uh, yeah. We've got two very human ones and two very supernatural ones. Thor 3, Hela. On paper, I think this character's really dull. I think it's down to the freedom that Taika yeah. Waititi gave the actors. I think it's down to the design work done by the costume team, the effects team, and it's down to Kate Blanchett's interpretation of what's on paper. I think that it, makes it work. I think it gets a three, and I think it only gets a three because of all those elements. Well, because the character's because, motivation is her, really thin. Her end game is done, really. Yeah. Like she's in charge of Asgard and she finds out about the you know the, the rebel sect who are hiding away yeah, yeah. with Heimdall she's like right we're going to kill them and then when she does that she's, she's like right we're going to raise an army but it's like who are you going to raise them with you've got your undead soldiers yeah. that's cool but what then she's going to kill everyone now she is pretty fucking great she's villainous she's scary yeah. she pretty casually stabs out Thor's eye like or at least damages it or whatever we don't know Yeah. but like she you know She's a force to be reckoned with. She shoots blades out of her arms, for Christ's sake. She wears that helmet and doesn't look stupid. Like, That's really cool. She's really cool, but I see what you mean. Like, ultimately, she she is bested. And it's kind of like, oh, we've seen but, this motivation it before. Yeah, when like, it comes down to it, it's like, what is her plan? Destroy everything. Oh, great. Mm. And they try and give it some personal stakes by having her be related to Thor, but it doesn't really land. No. In the same way that Thor and Loki being I mean, that, does. that's my one problem with that movie. There is a few bits where you're like, there's emotional, there's emotional threads here that you could work with, but you're skipping over yeah. for the sake of the set pieces and the pacing. And the movie's so much fun, it kind of makes you forget that stuff. Yeah. Like, I mean, but... I remember at the time I had such a big problem with them killing off the Warriors 3 the way they do. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like, there's no emotional weight to it when it happens. Yeah. Um, and it's the pacing thing. Yeah, it's a pacing thing, and they're hoping that you give a shit about the characters because you watch the other movies. Yeah, but it 
as its own story. It needed, a, mo- to, it needed yeah. a moment with them well, because to remind you who they be, were yeah. and make you go, yay, these guys, we love these guys. <gasps> oh God, they're dead! Like, because that movie yeah. relies on its pace yeah. to make it work. Yeah. Which is not a bad thing. Yeah. Like, I, I, a great... We don't feel the yeah. weight of the thing she's doing, basically. Yeah. Because the film doesn't allow it. And also... Yeah. Because I think the big, the most interesting drama would have been watching her face off against Loki, uh, as well as Thor, which we don't get, or watching her have a, a scene at least with Odin. Yeah, but of course, the the way the plot works is he's basically like, "I'm going to die now, and when I die, like the the spell holding her away is going to break." Yeah, I'm so sorry. Like I've failed you as a father, and even in death, I'm failing you. Yeah, I'm sorry. Here she comes, walking down the street. She's got a stupid helmet. Is and blades stupid? in her hands and feet. <laughs> or is it great? It's pretty great. It's pretty great. I think she's a, she's a three. But she's, she's a, a three. She's a, she's a solid three. She's a three, but only by the grace of Kate Blanchett. Yes. By um, the grace of Kate Blanchett, go I. And there but for the grace of Kate Blanchett. Yeah. Black Panther. We're up to the last film in the MCU as of the recording of this podcast. Killmonger. Eric. <laughs> Killmonger. Eric Stevens. Great name. No. So he gets one point just for that. No. Um, he is great, though. Michael B. Jordan. I've been reading more reviews lately that say that he's, his character's distracting and weird. Like, now that the the hype around the film's dying down slightly because everyone's seen it and, and love it. They're wrong. They are wrong. I think the people are misinterpreting his more, like, modern colloquialisms and, yeah. and like, slang for being a quirky choice too far. No. He's the only character who isn't Shakespearean in his style. That's the yeah. difference. He's a Shakespearean character, but, but all, he was all, raised yeah. in Oakland. He's not got the. He's he was not raised got in the, Oakland yeah. and served in very violent small ops military teams. Yeah. with other people he's who not, obviously have a talent for and possibly like himself a bit of a fetish for killing people. He's not got like, the ingrained courtly tradition. Yes, that. Um, he, that he the, would, that the other not, characters have. He would and... not best someone in ritual combat. He would murk them. Like, that's... Yeah, do you know what I mean? That's which his, he does. Which he does. Like... Um, he's fascinating. He's a fascinating character. And it, yeah. it's, it's the way he's shot. It's the way Michael B. Jordan plays the role. Yeah. It's the way the script... Right. It's the way the script... Because I think if you didn't know any of the press going into the movie, you wouldn't necessarily pin him as the main villain. No. Um, until... He, the end of the second act. Until he shoots things yeah. in, the, in the scrapyard, and then you go, oh, okay, yeah, he's a main villain. Um, and then what? But then again, it's going back to what we've said before. Yeah, it's that personal connection and the yeah. personal stakes. Yeah, but also again, you completely see what he, he's doing and why he's again, doing like it. with Vulture. Like the different Vulture. the this difference is, of yeah. course, and similarity to Vulture is you're like, this is the wrong way to do this. But also, Killmonger's pushing it. Yeah. Also, Killmonger's pushing it a bit. Too far. Yeah, whereas Vultures is for a noble gain, Killmongers is for a noble reason as far as he's concerned that would result in the death of yeah. billions of people. He, so it's he's like... A, he's definitely, he seems to be a person who believes that the ends always justify the means. They never outright say it in those words, but essentially yeah. his goal in the film is to kill everybody who isn't black. That's pretty much what he's uh, getting at. I think it's more a case of... Specifically like those who have like history within colonization and, and stuff but like yeah that's that's where he's going he's like i want to go out there and i want i want to arm my brothers and sisters is what he says at one point like yeah. i'm gonna arm them and it's like i don't know i don't i wouldn't go so far as to say that i think that's a bit of an oversimplification well, I mean, but i think yes, he's yes to a degree but like, i think i, I think he's more about he's violent revolution 
without limits mm. for freedom at all costs, basically. Yeah. And he doesn't care who he kills. Oh, yeah, it's not so much like wipe out everybody who isn't white on the planet, yeah, but yeah. like, like the, the goal is like, here you go, people who yeah. feel oppressed, murder all of those of a different race and, around and you, what not even, here, what not, you feel oppressed. Not even dying down to it being a, a racial thing, but just like, um, although, of Ooh. course, that is a huge yeah. factor. Um, but just bust case of like, if you're not with me, you're against me, and if you're against me, I'm gonna kill you. I think I think actually when he's dishing out the stuff, he refers to it as like we kill the men, like we give uh, like uh, and and if they like anyone who's yeah, then kill anyone who's fighting against kill the women, kill the children, and anyone who's fighting against you yeah. if they don't comply. So he's implying that like oh we're just gonna slaughter as many people as possible if they are like you say against me. Mm-hmm. Um. It's also, it also would have been interesting to see how the story would have played out because they talk to all the uh, war dogs mm-hmm. and only three of them agree. Yeah. It, London, New York and Hong Kong. So it's like, oh, like what would have been the next step? Would it have been Wakandans from other countries coming back to like fight against him as well? Yeah. And be like, a, Waka- a Wakandan civil war that goes global because they've got agents everywhere. Yeah. I mean, the scale of that, again, is more fascinating and it's more personal because it's it's more similar to stuff that we deal with in real life. Now, that's not to say that the cosmic stuff isn't entertaining and, and compelling, because of course yeah. it can be, but yeah, there, there is a different There is a yeah, different. You can frame there. that kind of... Sta- you can yeah. put those kind of stakes in a cosmic level story because they do it with Guardians I mean, Volume 2. Again, Ego yeah. and, and Loki, like they have per- there are personal stakes which you can... Which is what makes those characters interesting, yeah. yeah. Um, I think Killmonger's a four as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hands he's, down. He's, he's got to be. Hands down. He's got to be. Um... Meets. I mean, I think I think he would lose out on that theoretical five because it's like, well, your plan didn't work, and you were you didn't you weren't that he wasn't cl- he, he wasn't like a finger click away from winning. Yeah, like there was much more work to be done. But again, villain loves killing people. Not necessarily loves being evil because he doesn't think he's in the wrong. Yeah, but he loves killing people. He's proud of killing people. He marks his body to prove he's killed people. He, he's proud of his strength. I need the mark. Um, so there's that now. Yeah. Last quick round before we have a little a little debate on this. Um, on where to go with it next. I think we can make this even quicker. Yeah. So this is about the Netflix this shows. This is the Netflix shows. The main antagonist, as we've narrowed down, uh, and we'll go in reverse to make this interesting. <laughs> Defenders, main antagonist, is the hand, arguably. Yep. It's the organisation. The Defenders finds a way to make the shadowy, um, uh, zombifying, resurrecting warriors ninja organisation from the comic books who have brought Wolverine back from the dead and used them as a soldier of their army yeah. who have fucked with Daredevil and Electro and Iron Fist and other characters multiple times and made their life a living hell yeah. the Defenders found a way to make them boring as fuck yeah. so cross that off the list they're we're a one get into that. they're a one we're not even, we're not even touching them they're a one uh, Iron Fist is Harold Meacham give him a one He's move a one. on move not, on. Worth, not your time. Even worth your time even if it is David Wenham and I love David Wenham Luke Cage Cottonmouth was a red herring villain yeah sadly Black Mariah is definitely the ongoing antagonist of the Luke Cage story. Yeah. But, but ultimately she is not yeah. in the words of, you know, to coin the, the Joss Whedon TV show phase. She's not, she's the, big not the big bad. Yeah. So it's Diamondback, who is a lot of fun, but he's a two. He's a two. Yeah. Like he's he's a lot of fun to watch and those yeah. final fights are down. And he, I th- I don't mind the stupidest stupidish costume. Yeah. But he's the least interesting of the three antagonists presented throughout the series. Yeah. Which is a shame. Deadpool series two is Nobu. Nobu's a lot of fun. Yeah. I'd give Nobu a two. 
Yeah. Because so. he's he's lost in the series, like because he's, of other he's stuff. Absolutely, the least interesting plotline that's going on in that series. Yeah, and like, and that's... the stuff with Electra is great. The stuff with Frank Castle is fascinating. Yeah, the dip back into Fisk storyline is brilliant. Yeah, Nobu is Nobu's great, but he's 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 just that. Yeah. He's a two. This <sighs> is gonna be tough. Okay, <laughs> Jessica Jones. Yeah, Kilgrave. Five out of five. Next. No. Yes. No. Yes. I would argue, good sir, kind sir, yeah. that Kilgrave's villainy is tainted a bit. How so? Kilgrave is a, um, in the comics, the Purple Man. Uh, Zeb- uh, was his name Zebediah Kilgrave? Yeah. Yeah. Um, David Tennant, for those who are like, wait, what? I don't remember what you're talking about. Um, in the comics, he's, I mean, he's like the most sinister, seedy villain. They've done some bigger stories with him where he's got involved with more superheroic kind yeah, of things. Yeah, yeah, But ultimately, he's a mind rapist. Pretty much. Like, he he's he, he's not an evil hypnotist. He's not an evil psychic. He walks into a room and you say, hey, you can't be in here. And he says, turn around, walk out that window, kill yourself. Yeah. And you go, okay. And you just do it. That's terrifying. Yeah. And in the book Alias that Jessica Jones is based off of, they definitely use that to its fullest. Brian Michael Bendis crafts oh, yeah. a horrifying villain whose entire presence is about being invasive. Like it's yeah. it's 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 a type of invasion. Invasive and abusive. It's, it's abusive yeah. to the point where in the scenes featuring him in Alias, he's aware he's in a comic book. He never outright says it. Yeah. But the reader I is think a, he does. the reader is addressed. Yeah. Like it's in the She-Hulk style of like yeah. less Deadpool, more She-Hulk. He breaks the fourth wall. Fourth wall yeah. is broken because it wants you, the reader, to feel uncomfortable when you're reading scenes with Kilgrave. Right. Now I feel part of that is definitely there in the series. He's he's they they tone back some of his atrocities, and I think quite rightly so. I don't know. In a way, I think I think, they... I think quite rightly so for that medium. I, I think I, I think had he gone a bit. Too f- they'd gone a bit too far in flat out saying like, "Oh yeah, he sexually abused people and this and that." But I think they, 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 they do state that they state it, but they not as graphically as Alias. And I think that's fine. I don't think that's that takes fine. away from his we villainy. We don't need to see that. To yeah. Be fair, yeah, I don't think that takes away from his villainy in the show. I think it was. I think it was more suitable for that medium to be honest. And also, like sexual abuse is a shorthand for villainy is not necessarily the best. No, way to do no. It. Um, it works in the book because it's the way the book makes you feel really seedy and uncomfortable because the book is very seedy and uncomfortable. Yeah. The show is a little more traditional in terms of procedural cop show mixed in with the creepy superhero stuff. Yeah. Um, so it works for that. The thing that they take away from him in the book is they make him more human. Now, that can be effective. Look at Zemo, look at Ego's connection with Peter and like Yondu, etc. But seeing him be the whining child seeing him have doubts about what he's doing and that weird bit in the middle where they try to turn him into a good guy it just feels odd like i think it takes away well, from they his don't try to slightly. turn him into a good guy he tries he does yeah, it because he yeah. thinks it's what jessica wants yeah but why is he stooping to her will now i think that's to do with in the show they make a thing of he's not able to control her anymore which isn't in the book so much is it like there's no, a bit no. of that yeah yeah but there's a bit of like she's able to resist him more but she gets yeah. assistance um, I, I I think it's I think it's I think it's the idea of as as an abuse as an abuser. Mm. What you will see sometimes is the abuser trying to appease their victim to get them to stay. Yeah, and, and that's what he's trying to do. Mm. But does it weaken his chances of basically being like muhaha mustache twirler in the top Trumpsy kind of states? Because 
he get essentially heals. He, he, I think it's more insidious than he, that. Actually. Well, his his storyline suffers at the exact same time the show suffers when it takes the Netflix dip. Yeah, I suppose. And it it, it sort of like I think they spend too long having him as a caged animal. There's definitely there's definitely a reason. There's definitely excellent storytelling reasons to stick him in a cell where his powers can't affect anybody and sit down and talk to him. Yeah. But I almost feel like they really try to make you sympathise with him, and that grey line could be fine. But he's it's like whenever they it's like whenever they do a take on Dracula and they try and make you sympathize with Dracula, I feel it massively takes away from what does make that character their most effective. Yeah. Um which is why I would put him at four. Okay. Because uh, I just I again it's great storytelling for in the context, but it, it does make me go a bit like, ah, oh, because uh, then by the time he's the villain in the last episode, like flat out like, yeah, no, he's got to die. Yeah. He has to die to save people. I'm like, oh, I I feel like you want me to be conflicted about Jessica killing him, but no, I want him. I want yeah. him to kill him, and it's if it almost feels like the detour doesn't pay off emotionally as when the story. It's not like Vulture where you go, I see where he's coming from. Yeah, you don't feel for Kilgrave, so the detour almost feels pointless. I suppose, yeah. But it's I don't yeah. know. It's it, it's it's interesting acting, and I'm I'm fascinated to see what they do with him. In series going two. forward, yeah, but we'll find out soon. It'll be Arkham, it'll be Arkham Knight Joker, won't it? Um, like, it, 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 yeah, it'll be nightmares I mean, and hallucinations, which is a perfect way to use the character yeah. again. Death is already cheap enough in the Netflix shows, so I don't yeah. want it to be any cheaper. Don't bring him back, but do have him in it as a yeah, presence. Yeah. Uh, this could make or break who moves on from this list. Wilson Fisk, Kingpin. I, I mean, I'm a little biased, he's my favorite MCU villain. In terms, if someone said to me, like, "Who's your favorite villain in the MCU?" Just in terms of favorite, I always got Fisk because the journey we were taken on during series one of Daredevil oh, man. was so she good, was so good. And again, like it's the grey area thing, but they don't want you to sympathize with him. They just want you to understand what made this monster, but they don't want you to like feel sorry for him. No, yet they still toy with you a bit. Like you, do, you don't look at Fisk on his own. Throughout. If if the series just played out as Fisk as who he is, and we still learn everything we learn about him, yeah, you'd be like, wow, I feel really bad for him, but he's a bad man and he needs to go down. Like he yeah. needs to go down. The thing they put in there to make you hate yourself for liking him and and hate yourself for for deciding he's a baddie is the story with Vanessa in present day. Yeah, because you see a kindness in him, and you're like, oh god, like no, he needs. He needs to go down, but I want them to escape and have their happily forever after. Like, what? But we... he's not going to be able to have his happily forever after because he's just so broken. Yeah, he, he's mm. he is a vessel of barely contained rage. Yeah, like when he cuts loose. Yeah, he cuts loose, yeah. and he's terrifying. Yeah. Oh Christ! I mean, two words: car door. Oh man! Like Fisk, he, he's horrifying. When he gets into that mode. Yeah. Um, and you see more of it in series two. Oh, God, the scene in series two with him and Matt. Yeah. Is terrifying. And it makes you it makes you just... Oh, God, he better be back for series three. I think they're doing Born Again, so if, yeah, he will be. Because they set it up in that scene. Yeah. Um, he's a master manipulator, yet at the same time isn't the most confident character in no. the MCU. He surrounds himself with people that make him more powerful. He is, he is incredibly powerful. Mm. And yet, 
also incredibly insecure. He's a giant baby. Which makes him... And which, I just mean his description. Yeah, <laughs> and which makes him even more just full of rage. They, they, do, some, they do something kind of ingenious because it, it preys on, on your kind of prejudices as well, like personal states. Like The character's sort of played like he is very sort of severely on the autistic spectrum in a behavioural sense. Yeah. Um, in a way where you do sort of like, oh god, like this guy just needs to be understood. People just need to, you know, like give him a chance. But at the same time, when he flips out, you're like, I need to back out. Like, yeah. I, I'm not sure how to have. And and based on the scenario, based on how he's flipping out, you just feel uneasy with having to deal with him. Yeah. But then, of course, when it's like car door, you're like, no, that's a bad guy. Yeah. Like, that is a bad guy. This isn't him misunderstanding the situation. This is somebody brutally murdering someone. Yeah. With a car door. Um. He is. Oh god. He's also the equal protagonist of Daredevil series one. Yeah. It's he's much, the antagonist, but like it's, it's, it's very much, much his show. Yeah, it's as much his story yeah. as it is Matt's, which yeah. is what makes that first season of Daredevil so engrossing. Mm. They are two sides of a coin. Yeah. Um, but not in the MCU mistake, oh, it's just mirror villain kind yeah, of way. Yeah, yeah. So, that being said, is there anything that would drag him less than a four? No. He's a four. Fuck. Okay. Um... Right, so let's look at our numbering here. Let's figure out who we've got. Yeah. Loki Zemo. Ego. This reads like a really shit recipe for like a pasta dish. <laughs> Loki Zemo Ego. Uh, Vulture. Do-do-do. These are, we're entering our finalists, ladies and gentlemen. Not literally. Uh, Killmonger. I hate you so much. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god! Killmonger, Wilson Fisk. Wilson Fisk. And Kilgrave, the Purple Man. Guys, that is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven villains. Let's cut it down to five. Let's cut it down to five. Well, mm. let's cut it down to three. Let's cut it down to three as best we can. How do we. How the fuck do we even start? I had to cut these guys down. Uh, well, we... I think we have to look now. I think we now we have to move into a top Trumpy territory of a kind. I think we have to narrow down who is most effective as their own element. We cut Ego. Well, I was going to say... Uh, the, fir- the first one that comes to mind for me to cut is Zemo. Yeah, yeah. Zemo, Zemo is excellent. But Zemo is only effective because he plays the Avengers... Like pawns. Yeah, he doesn't have that power. He, he has. He's, he's a manipulator, but he doesn't have the power. Yeah, and he's not. He's not a bad guy. Yeah, in in the traditional sense. Well, he is. No, it's an act of revenge on them specifically. An act of revenge that murders several innocent people. Yes, he's a he's a bad guy in terms of the. Is a bad guy in terms of the effect of his actions? But he's not the kind of. He's not the sort of. I mean, he only he only gets his hands dirty and kills someone outright once in the movie, and it's a Hydra agent. He drowns them upside down in the sink. Well, apart from the uh, the the doctor that he murdered and oh yeah, hotel oh that guy too. Yeah, good point. Um, <laughs> but what but what I'm saying is like he that was his mission. He he has no plans beyond that. No. He's not going to be. Well, he tries leaving... to kill himself when he's when he's, yeah. when he's accomplished his mission. Yeah. So I think Zemo Zemo's ruled out of of the the three. Yeah. Goodbye, Helmut Zemo. Also, he he's will... just not as good. No. He's good, but he's not as good. Um, or bad. <laughs> I think. This is a toughie. Why? Th- why ego? Why would you rely on ego? Because he is 
powerful and he does have that personal connection but he's not what makes the best of these villains the best mm. is how relatable they are and they're the, the you way think that's the key yeah, yeah. And the, the way that you humanize these villains not so that you like them mm. but that you can understand them and i think ego is is yeah ego, ego's goal too... ego's goal is more super villain than, yeah. than, than yeah. villain it's it's he wants to it's, it's slightly mitigated by that personal connection with star lord mm. But but again, it's but, it's it's ultimately so that he can have power over all planets. Yeah, that's why he wants to do it. Not even have power over all planets, just be all planets. Yeah. He wants to assimilate everything into himself. Yeah. Um, so it's it's sinister, it's insidious, and it is evil. But again, it's like after that, what what else? Just, yeah. Everything's just your blue up. Everything's just, everything's your Polly Pocket. Like everything's you. Everything's your Mighty Max play sets. Like yeah. that's all it is from this point onwards. So. Yeah. Ego goes. Goodbye. Ego goes. Now Egos. Down. Now we're down to five. Loki, Vulture, Killmonger, Fisk, Killgrave. Um, I think we can cut Loki for the same reasons as Ego. Really? Yeah. Well, that's true, but isn't Loki's ultimate goal essentially just to be loved and worshipped? Like, his entire thing is he wants to prove he's better than his brother or his father. Which makes him interesting because he'll never quite get to where he wants. He's always going to try and prove himself. Yeah. He was he was Odin for at least two years. He was ruling Asgard secretly, pretending to be his father. And what did he do with it? Sat on his ass and enjoyed it and tried to paint Loki. He used his power on the throne to pretend to be someone else and paint himself as a martyr. But if you want to talk about villains and evilness... Mm. I... I don't think he's too broken to be redeemed in a way that... Uh, yeah, well, as we're seeing... In, 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 stories, in the yeah. way that... probably These are the four, probably, are. Yeah. Oh, actually, no! Vulture could be Vulture, redeemed. yeah. I think Vulture's not completely broken. Yeah. But I think he's so relatable that he deserves a place in the top three. Which means that I would say that my personal top three... From the remaining five. From the remaining five. Go for it. Let's see. Is yeah. From three to one. Oh, oh, okay. I was just going to put them in three, but go for it if you want to rank them. I'm sorry. Oh. I'm sorry, David Tennant. Oh. Fisk. Yeah. Killmonger. Oh. Vulture. Wow. I honestly think Vulture okay. is the best MCU villain. I, I think Fisk has an advantage and therefore we have to kind of give him, give him a bit of a handicap because he's had so much more screen time and yeah. so much more development. Yeah. But I think you could have got a similar thing to like Vulture with Fisk in a movie. Yeah. Developing him in that I'm way. still, fa- I'm still, I still, I still hope they utilize him. Yeah, I think and will. stick him in a film. They'd be stupid in not some to. role. They yeah. would be stupid not to. Um, Even if it's just as a confirmation, he's there and he's supplying yeah. the thing to maybe the main antagonist of that movie. But I think he's so relatable, mm. and in the same way that that Killmonger is to a degree, mm. um, and in, in a way, the only reason. Killmonger is is not number one for me, is 
and this is a purely selfish reason. Yeah. I I just don't relate to his motivation as much as I do mm. Vulture's. And that's a purely... Vulture, Vulture's motivation yeah. is a completely innocent and understandable motivation. Uh, not want, completely no, no, innocent no, no, and Innocent in the sense that when you boil it down, it's he wants to provide for his family. Yeah. It's, it's a little more down to work. He wants to provide for his family and, and he wants to he wants the rights that he's entitled to, which is being treated equally to his fellow man. Yeah. Which, and, again, Killmonger is also his thing, but his yeah. his pathway involves an arguably genocide. And like, whereas Vulture's is, oh, also, if someone gets hurt while I'm robbing a bank, they get hurt. It's a purely selfish thing for me. Like, and this yeah. will be different for other people, but um, because I come from a position of relative privilege, it it's just simply comes down to the fact that Killmonger's motivations don't resonate as much yeah, with you me can, personally. You can understand his as, motivations yeah. as as you observe them, but you can never really feel. I, exactly I can, where I can they understand them on and yeah. agree and agree with part of his motivations um, on a on a an intellectual and an, an empathic level, yeah. on a purely a gut emotional level. I identify more with the struggles of trying to pull yourself up from being working class that Vulture endures. Isn't this disturbing that we're getting down to our, our talk about who the best villains are and the best ones are the ones where we're like, yeah, I kind of see where they're coming from. Yeah, because I think that's I think that's what makes them so compelling. Mm, that's true. In all honesty. But also, what does that say about us? Um, that's a good three. No, I'm, I'm being facetious. Um, <laughs> like, yeah. that's, that is a really good three. Um... So you'd knock out Loki and Kilgrave from the Remainers. Yeah, I'd go from the Remainers. And see, and, I and I'll, t- and I'll tell you, I'll oh. t- I, I think I've just told you why. So yeah. there we go. See, I and the only reason I'd go with Fisk over Kilgrave, yeah, is because Kil- Kilgrave basically comes down to I'm just doing it because I'm evil. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you can sort, you could sort of try and, um. You can sort of try and pin it on, like, the abuse he suffered at the hands of the experimentation he was put under, but I think he was probably already evil before that. He's more compelling as a villain, I think, when he's just evil. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, like the Joker, like whenever people try to give me a sympathetic backstory for the Joker, like, in the context oh, no, of just... certain stories, like Killing Joker, in the context of the flashbacks yeah. and that, I'm like, that's a fascinating story, but I prefer the animated series slash yeah. 89 movie version. This guy was always a piece of work. Yeah. This just gave him the like sort of the license to be more creative he's, with it. He's always been a monster. Mm. Even if he was on the surface a normal dude at one point. Yeah. He was always had a monster inside him. And yeah. he's always been that monster. And I think that's Kilgrave. Yeah. Um My three is a little tough. Because again, from the arguments you made, I'm like, God damn it. Vulture would just miss out on the three for me. Okay. It'd be Loki in third. Yeah. Because I do, I can't help it. I love some muhaha villainy. And even though no, you, you totally understand where it, he's yeah. coming from, totally get it. there is something about his behaviour in the Avengers in particular. Yeah. Where it's like, look at me. I have all the power. Well, I don't really. I'm, 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 and I'm, I, I'm, I, I'm doing this as, as part of someone else's bigger plan. But look at me, Earthlings. And, and I think I have all. I am the figurehead of this invasion. I am the reason you're all going to bow down. I think, like you mentioned before, he does have the potential for redemption, and that's what makes him probably the most interesting character. Mm. Possibly the most interesting character out of these five. Yeah. Um. But because of that, I don't think it makes him the best villain. Because yeah, I, I think that Nate, that that degree of irredeemability if we're going to get this granular hmm. I think that's important to their yeah um, well it, I, I again like villainy. as far as villainy goes like he, he manages to topple arguably the oh, on, he does on, horrendous things arguably 
only then getting together, so not quite in their prime, but he yeah. manages to topple the Avengers. Yeah. Like, hold his yeah. own against the Avengers, apart from the Hulk. Um, you know, so... Yeah. It's like, that's impressive in itself, but I I, I don't know. He's the most comic booky of the remaining ones oh, for me. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and I can't help but still draw... I'm drawn to that a bit. No, like, totally, totally. Oh, look totally, at you totally. in your daft helmet and your green yeah, costume. Yeah, yeah. Look at you stabbing that man in the face just to get a retinal scan. Um, <laughs> you creepy bugger. Um, you're creepy second for man. me would be Killmonger. Yeah. Because he feels like a wrecking ball. He is a wrecking ball. Like he comes into Wakanda and in the space of like an hour topples their king. Like topples their king. And his determination is frightening. Yeah. Like where Zuri and and T'Challa say like this is your last chance that you can stop this now we can settle this a different way. And he puts down his weapons you think what's he doing? And he puts them down basically to peel off his shirt show the scars for every kill he's ever committed in the name of getting to this moment and then says I've been waiting my whole life so I can get here and kill you and he just picks the weapons back up and you're like okay that's frightening like his determination is 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 terrifying to see B. Jordan's having a a ball again the character is not I'm evil muhaha but all the same like he's He's reveling in the position of power he gets. Once he gets in that position, he's like, I'm going to take advantage of this. Watch me go. I'm an evil. <laughs> yes, I Look am. am. Um, and then I put Fisk at the top. I totally me. get it. Totally get it. I think Fisk, even though he's not wielding great power, he's not sweeping through a nation and becoming their ruler, he's not leading an army of aliens to descend on, on, you know, a massive city. He feels like a force of nature. Oh, God, yeah. And it's just... it's Again, it's that thing of... No, like, I see everything he's been through and it shows me the monster he's become. It doesn't make that monster... He is the the ill intent. Yeah. Oh, God. It doesn't make that monster redeemable. No. When he's been carted away in the car at the end of the van and then... They overturn it, and he's getting out. You're like, oh my god, the villain is planning his breakout. Oh yeah, like he he's a baddie, and he's he's, he's on his way out. But, but, it's the Vanessa connection. Yeah, that's disturbing. It's he's that not humanization. He's not manipulating yeah. her. This is another life. It's an echo of a normal person, of a nice person. It's his charisma. It's not a sign of, but it's not a sign of who he could be. No, it's like, oh my god, you're managing to. Li- Weirdly, he's the only sort of double life villain. Yeah, out of these bad guys, yeah, yeah. he's the only real secret. Ident- like Vulture, yes, but but even when she sees what he's capable of being, yeah, she stands by she him. She stands by him, uh, which is disturbing. And that's that. Yeah, that truly makes him compelling. Which is why he's in my top three. Yeah, right. hands down. Um, but again, not quite sure where to go. I, I, that makes it tough. Okay. I think out of interest, because these five are definitely all worthy of being within a top position. Yes. I'm going to put it to you guys. BigDamnContact at gmail.com At BigDamnCast on Twitter. You've heard who we put in our top three for the best MCU villain, but I want to know, out of these five, who are your top picks? Who's your favourite? And why? Your contestants are Loki, The Avengers, Vulture, Spider-Man Homecoming, Eric Killmonger, Black Panther, Wilson Fisk, Daredevil Series 1, and 
Zebediah, Kilgrave, Jessica Jones, Series 1. He's not called Zebediah in that. Whatever he's called. Summon Whatever Kilgrave. Summon Kilgrave. David Tenoyant. So, Loki, Vulture, Killmonger, Fisk, and Kilgrave. Who is the best MCU villain out of those, as far as you're yeah. concerned, and why? We're going to read some out next week. And we'll dig into those responses along with this week's emails on the next show. Um, with one exception, um, Luke will get to your full email next week, but yeah. happy birthday. Happy birthday, Squire! Yeah. Happy birthday with your eyes and face! Uh, happy birthday to all of us, in a sense. Bon anniversaire! Where? Le plume de ma tante. Le plume de ma tante et près de la chaise de ma tante. As well you know. Bye! <laughs> See you next time! Because I'm going to do the plume!